So I got a PlayStation. Welcome to Pop Toys, whatever number it is. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Sterling. I am a little bit poorly today, a little bit ill, like half of the fucking Destructoid staff. Um, so I'm probably not going to be uh, too noisy, which will be good because at least for one person who left an amazing iTunes review, which I will have to read out uh, in a few minutes... Um, I'll have to bring that up. I only just remembered it, but it was amazing. But um, I'm here with Tara Long. Hello. Who is back with us after last week she went to fight in the Great War. Mm-hmm. I'm back and, now. Yeah. And Max Scoville. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. He's great. And this week is... <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, fuck. This week is our Christmas special, so that's that. We won't mention Christmas again. Uh, what have people been doing this week? Um, working a lot. We're it's trying busy, to get yeah. shows in before Christmas break. I want to kill myself. Yeah. I'm so I'm so like I, I don't want to be here. I'm here until Thursday. I don't want to be here until Thursday. I'm angry. Uh, yeah, I have to. I'm currently in the middle of trying to do a let's play that's combining. Uh, it's trying to see which is a more effective Santa simulator, Saints Row or Skyrim, which is a really good idea in theory, except to make it like funny and and time time like well timed. It takes a lot of attention. And trying to pretend you're Santa Claus while playing Saints Row and recording yourself on a webcam is a lot more difficult than it sounds in your head when you're drunk when you think up this idea in the first place. So yeah, I could never do. Like I like the idea of those let's plays and and that kind of thing, but I don't think I could do it. It's too much to worry about having to try and be vocally entertaining and concentrate on a game at the same time. Well, it's good that a lot of people don't actually try to do that, you know, because there. I mean, there's a lot of them who just have it on a. They do it on a regular enough basis that people. It's essentially a podcast, you know, um, and they'll just sort of talk about whatever there is it is they're doing, but they don't really try and be that entertaining. It's just it's you know a half an hour of them playing Minecraft or something. Whereas trying to make like an eight minute video of me playing two different games in character is uh, there's no re- there's no real way to rehearse things in a video game. Yeah, kind of tricky. No, there is editing though. Yep, and that's Zach has to all, do that. It all comes that's down to what that. saves yeah. our lives. Yeah. Um, what if I've been? I, I've I've played Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes all weekend, which um, was fun. I hadn't played uh, I hadn't played a Metal Gear game in like years, and I was I was really I, I was a it was a blast going back to that, even if it was the sort of um, Twin Snakes is the GameCube revamp with the really corny cutscenes where everyone is in the Matrix. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I forgot how corny Metal Gear is just in general. You know, yeah. Hey, Jim, isn't that the game where they? Because it's been a while since I played Twin Snakes, but don't they take all the accents off the characters for no reason? Like Psycho Mantis is no longer Russian; he's just a guy. Uh, yeah, he's just kind of like ah, yeah, um, Sniper Wolf still Russian. Uh, Vulcan Raven, 
has sort of a clown nose. He's got like a weird little, like he looks like kind of like a like a bull, t- like a, a Boston Terrier, as opposed to like a hulking, you know, yeah, Eskimo guy with a badass machine gun. He's like he's got like a little clown face, which is weird. Um, but it's it's fun. I'm having a bl- I'm playing it on super easy, and I'm just like fucking with the guards, and which is like how I play. I like how I like to play Metal Gear like that. Um, and I got the HD collection on order, and I got Metal Gear Solid Four. So it looks like I am on my way to doing a whole, you know, running the gauntlet of Metal Gear games. You are. I am jealous. Almost. I would love that. Just all that Metal Gear Solid that I've not played. I played them all. Um, yeah. That sounds like a great week. That sounds like a great week. Did you pick up Heavy Rain yet? No, no, I want to get that. I really, I would love to do a series of Let's Plays of that, just riff tracksing it. I think that would be really fun. Um, yeah. Actually, doing it with Metal Gear, I was, I had a friend over, and we, you know, we both like old Metal Gear fans, and we were playing it, and just, um, it was the part where you have to fight the ninja, and he's like, "Punch me, hurt me," and I'm like, "Snake, hit me with your fists, Snake." <laughs> Snake, tell me I've been bad. I'm a ninja. We're just we're just like cracking jokes about it the whole time. I love that like that that game is like it's like if secret agents were all teenagers and in high school, you know, you're about to fight a giant fucking nuclear robot and your friend calls you up and he's like, I like a girl. Hey Snake! Hey Snake, how do I know if Sniper Wolf likes me? Hey Snake! Snake, there's something wrong with the elevator. I'm scared. Will you go in the elevator with me? And then, you know, you have people calling you up and they're like, yeah, so Naomi said something to me and I'm not sure if it's true or not. Uh, And she was, I don't know why she'd lie about that because that's just not cool. And then like three people call you up on the codec and they're just like, snake, hey, snake, did you see the mice? Did you see those mice? You know, it's it's completely nonsensical. (laughs) It is, yeah, you could take the storyline and transpose it onto a... A schoolyard recess, and you pretty much got the same thing. Metal Gear Soap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, apologies again, listeners. I'm not. Uh. Uh. Sleep. Can, can you guys hear me okay? Do I sound I can like hear shit, you. Or? No, I can hear you fine. There's a lot of background noise where you are, though. Is there? Yeah. I should have actually brought that up with you before we started. You probably should have. But Jim, I. God. Jim, Did... for fuck's for fuck's sake! Hey, look, I'm just living my life. Jim, I'm just hey, I'm doing what I, I doing what I do. Well, now I have to go into the underbelly of my computer. I have to go into the into the basement of my computer, and I have to you... wrangle some things. Like what? Hold, hold on a second. Things, just things that are down there. Jeez. Oh, some things. I'm in the basement of the computer. Uh, let's see. Oh boy. I don't hear a whole lot of background noise. This is what brilliant about, radio. <laughs> what about now? Does it sound better now at all? No, it's all background noise. It's like you're in a big hole. That's yeah. kind of what it is. Just I'm while gonna, they're clearing up after a Scorpions concert. It's very much like that. It's, I, uh, yeah. It's like in those... In those um, uh, Motley Crue videos where they show all the time lapse of the guys coming in and setting up the stage. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Who Did was the need... lead singer of Motley Crue? Um, Vince McMahon, I think. 
This is the weirdest podcast ever. Yeah, this is this is horrible. This is terrible. We need Jonathan Holmes' a sweet voice. Dude, to we drown need out some energy to come in here. Um, I know. I'm sitting next to a mini fridge, and there's beer in here. I think I should just partake. Yeah, just go Dude, drink. I was, yeah, I was tempted. Tara, honestly, I'm tempted to just go in that bathroom. Tara and I are about 15 feet away from each other right now. We just have to be in separate rooms because of the noise issues. But I'm in a fucking. I sound like I'm in a well. Yeah, I definitely got the better end of the situation. I'm on a couch at least. I'm in a well. I'm just standing. I don't. There's a stool here, but it it probably squeaks. Oh, it's definitely a squeaky stool. Uh, you see, that's no one is in an optimal situation apart from Tara, who I bet Holmes is on a couch. Just, well, it's yeah. cold in here, so I wouldn't say that much. I bet Jonathan Holmes is just is he probably stopped you know at maybe I don't know Ruby Tuesdays or something for a nice sandwich. Best place for him. He deserves it. With the amount of hard work he does, looking after the specials and, you know, having his fingers turn into syringes and then he goes, let's get high, and stabs it in a punk woman who in her dreams is beautiful and I've confused him with Freddy Krueger's again. Oh, okay. I've confu- I always confuse him with Freddy Krueger, but only in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Did Dio do a song for that, or was that just that he had a song called Dream Warriors? Um, I don't know if it was for the movie, the soundtrack, or what, but, you know. I don't know. Dio did. Dio should, Dio should have done the soundtrack to The Lion King. I'm so pissed off that Elton John got in there before him. Do, yeah, what's up, with, what's up with Disney being like, oh, hey, I know what we'll do. We'll get these, like, these people who were relevant pop stars, you know, 30 years ago to come in like oh oh oh, it's 1999 we're making a tarzan movie i know let's get phil collins because that'll excite children about tarzan why don't they they get like they should i'd love to see a disney movie that's done by you know like a dio basically yeah well they want music that is high profile yet offends nobody and the music of i mean you know people don't like Phil Collins as a personality for whatever reason. Um, but his music, it's its hard to offend anyone with it. Uh, same with Elton John. Again, you know, there might be people that criticise him for his hair or his gay. Right. <laughs> but the music, no one can argue with it. You can't listen to Rocket Man and think, that pisses me off. <coughs> and I think that's the music Disney goes for, the music that you hear it and it doesn't piss you off. What about uh, Candle in the Wind? That song. Um, personally, what offends me the most about Elton John is that, and I'm, I'm a straight guy, so coming from me, this is, I'm, it offends me that he did a duet with Eminem after all the homophobic things that Eminem said. Wait. I, I think that Elton John is an offensive individual because he did that. That's yeah. offensive. No, oh, yeah. I think well, it was even more. Because Eminem is terrible. You hate Eminem so much. I actually like Eminem. But <laughs> Elton John is just, it's, that was just a bad, that was just yeah. bad for I think Eminem's very talented. Well, I think it was worse. I think Elton John crossed the line. When, when the interviewers stuff. asked Elton John afterwards why he did it, and then he just said, fuck the faggots. I thought that was, like, Elton John should not have done that. I think but that The was, fact that he was wearing a Klansman robe at the time yeah. is just too yeah. much. I mean, and fingering that baby as well at the same time. It's just he was like he was going out of his way to be the bad boy of 
popular music. And he always said that in the interview. He said, I am the bad boy of popular music. Whose kid is that? Bring it here. Was he also wearing blackface? Yeah. He drew a blackface on the front of the Klansman's hood. He drew drew Amos and Andy on each cheek. Yep. He drew their pictures. Um, what's a funny thing? What's a fun thing to do? And he was doing you, Dave Chappelle jokes, right? But without the, the irony of it. And he was saying, he was, "This is actually what I genuinely think." He said it would have been funnier in that sketch about the blind Klansman if the Klansman was white, not blind, and meant everything <laughs> he said. That is what he said. That racist, baby fingering, homophobic, sexist as well, because the interviewer was female, and he said. Look at your tits, he said. He said, I'm Elton John, and I'm looking at your tits. And, and then... I can do about it, because I'm gay. And then there was the whole thing with Gary Glitter, where he never did <laughs> defeat the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> How could we forget about that? Uh, I actually, I had a funny idea. Here's a fun thing. Uh, if you remember the urban legends about Marilyn Manson um, from, the, from the late 90s that were completely ludicrous, you know, like he would... He took a puppy and he held it up before his, his screaming fans and he said, I'm not going to play until this puppy comes back with no arms or legs. If you imagine that, but about Elton John. Oh yeah, everything about that is... Elton John basically started all those rumors about Marilyn Manson to get away with it himself. Because everyone was looking yeah. at Marilyn Manson and they said, God, you know, he's a Satanist, he abuses animals, he has sex with teenagers, and Elton John doing it all the time. And he's not even gay. I don't know Elton if you know John this, but Elton John pretends to be gay so that women, like, get their breasts to him and say, can you feel these for lumps? And he goes, cool, can I? I'm gonna do it because I'm gay. I'm not getting an erection while I do this. Ooh. To be fair, I've, I've done that before. I've done that. It's true. What? what? You have actually done that. Jonathan Holmes. Excuse me, Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes. (sighs) Hi. Excuse me. Hi, Jonathan Holmes. Um, Did you know, did you know that Elton John, not only Sir Elton John? Shh. No, no, no. No, just Elton John. You won't be calling him Sir Elton John after this. Whoa. Elton John, not only did he play Paul in the Wonder Years, he also had two of his ribs removed so that he could suck his own dick. Also, did you know, Jonathan Holmes, yeah, right, yeah. about the so-called Sir Elton John, that he once put Richard Gere up his ass? <laughs> <laughs> the whole of them? Did you the know whole... that? Did, did you know? Did you know? Did you know that? Did you know, right, that Elton yes. John, El- mm-hmm. oh, the so-called Sir Elton John, right, well, who, wrote the, who wrote the he's so-called a... Candle in the Wind, right? Mm, right, right. Yeah. Did you so, know so-called song? Yeah, the so-called <laughs> song on his on his you know supposed piano. Right? Did you oh. know he was driving the car that got Keenan and Kel killed in that joyride? <laughs> Keenan and Kel got killed in that joyride in the nineties. Jonathan, that's terrible. Holmes. I thought they were alive. I thought Keenan or Kel was on Saturday Night Live. No, that was just that was Elton John. Elton John <laughs> fucking dressed up as Keenan and Kel. Well, he dresses up know? as Keenan. Jonathan Holmes. And he Jonathan. has a puppet for Kel. Jonathan Holmes. Did you know? Yes. Did you know that Elton John once ate so many little Kims that he had to get his stomach pumped? 
and Rod Stewart came out. Four gallons of Rod Stewart in his stomach. Yeah. Did you know? Wow. Did you know, right, that Elton John, right, once poked Lisa Lopez in her left eye, and that is why it was funny. Lisa left eye Lopez? Yep. He said, right. He said, right, you. I mixed her up with the, you say. He was like, he was like, you're you're one of them coloreds, and I am racist (laughs) now. That is what he said. And then he poked her in the eye, and that's why she's called Lisa left eye Lopez. Did you know that the the plane, the plane that that Aaliyah was on was Elton John. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. did you know boy. jonathan holmes did you know right the right. elton john right the alleged singer songwriter right did you know that he was the tunnel that diana crashed into just so she could die and he could re-release lazy he could re-release candle in the wind and play it on tv at a funeral so that everyone in the world could watch him play not that i was watching because they were showing back to the future cartoons on bbc2 and i watched that instead did you know that have you ever been racially discriminated by elton john jonathan holmes I am have, not that I know of. I don't think actually, I have met Elton John. John Jonathan, but... why are you such a racist? Actually, <laughs> actually, guys, guys, I didn't. I'm gonna have to bring this up. I've been trying to keep this like. I'm trying not to mention this because I've been trying to protect Jonathan. Oh, I've, been, I've been intercepting his mail, right? My emails or my your, regular? No, no, no. Your 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 actual mail. Oh, I did. Elton Thank you for John, Right. has been, like, writing in glue and then sticking his pubes on it, right? <laughs> so it's pube, pube words, right? He's been writing Eskimo fuck, right, on a piece of paper. In Eskimo fuck? Eskimo fuck, because that's, he, he's just being oh, it's ignorant about you. And racist. <laughs> he's being so ignorant and prejudiced. He wrote Eskimo fucking pubes, put them on a paper, right? And then he's been mailing to them, them to you once a week, apart from at Christmas when he calls you Yuletide Eskimo fuck, right? We've been, been tampering <laughs> with the postal system so that you don't have to see this firsthand because Elton John is just a hateful man is, with his pubes. He's really angry. Is, I don't know why. He is a so... hateful, spiteful coward, Jonathan Holmes. He's the weird thing about his pubes is they're perfectly Rocket. straight. They look like cat hairs. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> do they stick out or do they just kind they're, of lay? I tell you what, his mom's pubes is like a cat is tabby as well. He's got tabby pubes, and he cuts them out to write racial slurs against you because he is an ignorant man and a hateful man, and he's angry at himself, right, Mm. for his decisions in life, like, you know, Kiki D, right, doing duets with with her, right? And duet with Eminem. Don't go breaking my heart? Yeah, he's angry at himself for that song, right, because he doesn't like it. Turned and outward. he is, yeah, he is radiating the self-loathing he has for himself at other people, and you especially, Jonathan. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I, I don't know if I can recognize Europe as a country anymore after making Elton John a king, because that hey, was just Why up. do you think I left? Why did, I, <laughs> I, I was of? like, when they made him, right, the king of... The Highlands, right? Just Where like the Highlands the high, from? The High Places, right? They made him king of the High Places and the elves that live there, obviously. And when they did that, I spoke out. I said, look, right? 
I'm not having this queen of the lowlands, right? Where where the the common men folk live. Who's the queen of the lowlands? Queen of the lowlands. Aaliyah. That's Aaliyah. Aaliyah, Queen Aaliyah of Lowlands, and I led my ten thousand strong army of the men of the land. Holmes, honestly, what part of Hellboy to the Golden Army did you not understand? I thought I that, pretty. They yeah. spelled it out pretty fucking obvious. That's about Jonathan. Hel- Jonathan, Jonathan, why were you letting me string out this really bad attempt? Of comic I enjoyed fantasy? it. It was a mythology. I it was, was clear. I didn't know art. where I was going, Jonathan. No, as you were doing I didn't it, know where I was going. Why did you let me carry on? There will be fan art based on that. That's how good that was. I'm imagining the drawing of Aaliyah right now and you know Elton what, John. What's, What's funny is the that they, they pay idea. people to think up lore like that. For they, they pay people to be like, hey, we're making a game about knights and swords and shit. Can you come over and write some stuff um, on these, this line paper for us? And put, can, can you <laughs> I'm write sure the some creative lore? process is very they similar. They need to do that. <laughs> we are, we are you... basically honorary members of like, yeah. you know, Bethesda? Wizards of the Coast right now. Like, we could go uh-huh. work for, like, for I mean, West did you End hear games. us riffing? We were just riffing like that, right? We yep. didn't know where we were going. We didn't know where the destination was was headed. All we knew was that the journey was buttery smooth. I didn't even that have to great, pull out my trump card, which was, which was the evil, no, no, not the evil, the, um, the doppelganger Elton John, Melton John, who can turn into <laughs> liquid at any time. Melton Jones. He's like Alex Mack. <laughs> I love Alex Mack. Forgot all about Alex Mack. She's, I'm, saving, uh, I'm saving myself for Larissa Olenek because I want her to be my wife, my melty, melty wife. Saving her? You mean you're, you're abstinent from sexual relations? Fuck that. To, well, <laughs> that's usually <laughs> what saving yourself means. Uh, you so how are you guys? about Alex Mack. I know a little bit. Alan, I remember. I know that the bad guy looked a bit like um, what's his face, uh, Malcolm yeah. McDowell. I know the but bad guy looked a bit like Malcolm McDowell, but it wasn't Malcolm okay. McDowell. And I do remember she was also the T one thousand in it. Yes. Do you she remember was. the last episode where she lost her powers, but then a, a monkey got them? A Christmas monkey, a special Christmas monkey, and then he escaped. And they were like, "The end." Dot 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 question mark. Apostrophe. And that was the end. Whoa. Uh, of Alex I, I Mack. Remember, I'm pretty sure the last episode involved a monkey, but I might just be very wrong and incorrect. I will look into that. That sounds interesting. I like to know how TV series end. They usually uh, pull something out that they couldn't have done throughout the remainder of the series because. Like, oh, you wait till you see what I'm pulling out at the end of Podtoids that I couldn't <laughs> do until now. The final oh, episode. You know, I'm talking about my penis there, Jonathan Holmes. My testicles and my penis just <laughs> all out one big go, show. like an inside-out chicken. Oh no, <laughs> that's veiny and. Uh, it's not ew, Tara Long. It's a beautiful thing. It's nature. I like penises. I don't know. That's sure. Um, yeah. I'll check um, it out. It's a beautiful thing. So what have I missed on the show? I oh, mean... Jonathan, you've missed so much. Actually, Sorry, it was, was, it was really shit until about five minutes before you turned up, and then, <laughs> then somehow the energy came out from nowhere. I'm sick. I'm unwell, oh, unwell man. You hey, sound Jonathan? good. I yes, may man. not live to the end of this show. I, uh, you sound healthy to me. I bet you're stronger than you know. What is it? What can I do for you, Max? I want to play. Um, I want to play Metal Gear with you right now. Hold on, hold on. Wait for it. How do I do that? Boop, 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 boop. Holmes, Holmes is a snake. Holmes, I'm, I'm <laughs> and I standing. just get—I I have to be Holmes. So yeah, I, hi, I'm, hi, I'm, hi. I'm standing next to this thing. 
What do I do with it? Can you describe it to me, Snake? Uh, it's it's yellow and it's got gears on it. Whoa! Uh, can you stick your hand in it? Oh! No, I didn't say you should. I'm just asking if you could. Snake! Snake! <laughs> oh, Jonathan, you've got it <laughs> wrong. You know better than to ask Max things like the world, that. The world is going to be nucleared now because of you. And and that is how. That is the ending of Metal Gear Solid, where Snake accidentally sticks his hand in a blender. <laughs> Actually, Max, Max, and not dies. not to um, not to bogart your wonderful game, but I'd like to have a little round myself. Do it. I'm gonna have a little go, right? Beep, beep. Bleep, bleep. Jonathan, this is Snake. Hi, Hi Snake. What Hi, for yeah. Is it pedophilia or not? <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you heard it right. It's that time yet again for oh, us to play. Jonathan Holmes, is it pedophilia or not? The fantastic weekly game that everybody's talking about. And when I say that, I mean it's seriously scary. More than Willem Dafoe, more than anything else we've done. Jonathan Holmes, is it pedophilia or not, is officially the most popular thing Toy's ever done. Yeah, people it seems to be, isn't it? Keep hey, doing it. I got a question. Uh, okay. Um, if a regular Gundam had sex with <laughs> one of those little tiny Shibi SD Gundams, would that be pedophilia? Or would that just be like fucking a dwarf? Gundams don't have genitalia, so these are new genitalia-endowed Gundams, like a they have Gundam. One that looks like a I bet you can find player. them. Maybe. <laughs> I think that's the gray area. I don't, you know, because they're not human beings, and therefore you can't really uh, apply the standards and rules, ethics of human beings to Jonathan. robots. But it depends Jonathan. on the pilot too and what their intent is. Yes, man, Jim. Yes, Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes. Right now. As you, as as everybody who listens to the show knows, you have written a very popular. You actually won the Nobel Prize for your thesis on pedophilia. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what giving out I mean, you, you you essentially. Sorry, you see, this is me being ill. You actually discovered pedophilia, um, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I how read I, it on, on the Wikipedia how's... article. Pedophilia discovered by Jonathan Holmes in 1932. Just found in a room. Just oh, what's this well, you, you, you found you found a pedophile like frozen in ice. You found it, and you you thawed it out it. and studied <laughs> it, and you <laughs> discovered pedophilia. And obviously, that became a, a huge craze that swept the nation and then the world. Um, nobody's wow. blaming you. We're just saying you you discovered it, and then people were like, "Oh, hey, I can fuck kids now," and then they fuck kids, and that's and I tried how. To stop. Right. I mean, good obviously question. you did. I remember it, but yeah. I do actually. Max has a question, so I have a question. Go, go on. Um, okay, so let's say you've got a lovely backyard, okay? Uh, um, yeah. And you get in your backyard, you have a statue of uh, Michelangelo's David, okay? Okay. Yep. And you put that up there with the with the penis hanging out and everything, the little little um, peanut there. Uh, and then next to that. You know, you take some some Rodin sculptures of children playing, and you put them right next to David, who is just ass naked, and maybe they're mm. they're like naked cherub babies or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? That's just they're just statues there. Sure. But then, what if you sat in your garden masturbating constantly at the statues? Uh, it was all right until that. Part. Is that pedophilia or not, Jonathan? Um. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> 
You'd yeah. have to get into the mind of the masturbator, which is no. something I often have to do. I don't think do. that's what the you mind do. of the master. That yeah. sounds like I a fantastic. That would do. be a great Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid Five: Mind of the Masturbator. That sounds like a like a like an HP Lovecraft novel. Mm. Like what if there? I, I bet I bet there's like there's HP Lovecraft's like evil brother who is HP Fuckcraft who just wrote like bad erotica. David Duchovny's follow up to the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Minds of the masturbators, <laughs> big and small, fat and tall, throughout the ages. That would be a great. Why don't they do that on the History Channel? Minds of the masturbators. What would it be like if King Henry VIII had a cheeky wank? <laughs> anyway, anyway, Jonathan Holmes. Yes, yes. Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan, my friend. I've got Whoa. a question for you, my friend. I right. really didn't think that was going to happen. Right. <laughs> right? Jonathan, yes, Holmes, yes. as I was saying, you are, uh-huh. you've are you got a PhD in pedophilia. I really don't. I don't have a PhD. Yeah. In, uh, I did not discover pedophilia. I, no, you don't. Yeah, but you've experienced it. Don't you do yourself an injustice. <laughs> don't you put I, yourself down. Chammer is right. You have first-hand experience. I, we, should, with, we, should, uh, yeah. we should change the name have, of this to Pedotoid. <laughs> I've experienced with pedophiles. I mean, you've got a PhD right, so you have experience. pedophiles, hairy doctor. To say I have experience with pedophilia implies a little bit more direct contact with either an adult as a child or a child as an adult. How about, so, I don't know how about okay. you? You no, are... You are Dr. Pedophile. How does that Oh, happen? wow. That's the worst. That's pretty, yeah, that's you, pretty cool, like Dr. Doom. Like Dr. <laughs> Doom, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you can be like Dr. Doom, you know, like, he's like, you know, Doom says do this. You can be like, Pedophile! <laughs> pedophile! I think, I think oh, it oh. should be Professor Pedophile. That's quite good. Because oh, he'd have oh, like a like a like a big like a wig and uh, big glasses and stuff and, you know, like a big cape. Yeah. I don't know what professors are. <laughs> yeah, they all How are. about how about if if you're ever near Doctor a... Strange? Doctor Strange? No, no, like... P Doctor Strange. That P-Doctor. doesn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. What about um what here's a funny joke. If you're ever near a computer, mm. open up Adobe Reader and then you can see all the pedophiles. Cuz <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Adobe Reader is for reading PDF files. That's quite good. Okay, uh, anyway, Jonathan Holmes. Right? Yes. Let's move away from your um, pedophilia research. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, let's And move on to your pedophilia answers. <laughs> what is... Um, <laughs> if, How about the name Dr. Right. Strange Pedophile? Doctor... Be... Okay, Dr. That's not my name. Jonathan... Jonathan... How about Jonathan the Strange Pedophile Holmes? Okay? So, so, S- Johnny, Jonathan S.P. Holmes, right? Oh, okay. As you like, know, and as everybody who researches the subject knows, pedophilia isn't about sex so much as it is about power. Okay? Uh, that's it's 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 a well commonly accepted thing, you know that it's men that want to flaunt power. You're thinking the... you're thinking of UFC. <laughs> <laughs> that's not about sex, guys. Honest. When I'm rolling around down there with with that muscular man, it's just about a uh, power. <laughs> oh, I had a, I had a, I had a thing. So if you guys, 
You got a thing? You is it a an thing? urgent thing or is it a, a, I, I almost leapt out of bed last night to go find a notepad because that's how important this thing is. Oh, I don't think we should waste any time on this. What's Do you want to hear this thing? Hang on, hang on, okay. hang on. Jonathan's trying to get out of pedophilia. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay, this is a really good segue out of... this. No, because I haven't asked my question yet. He's got one. He's trying to leave my question. I want to hear your question. I, I got I out of bed to write this in a notepad in my in my pedophile book that I've got. Right? <laughs> because I, I know that Max has something cooked up and I want that to have its you know its own dedicated section. I've got I've got a game plan, don't you worry. Right, you're structuring. I've, I've got show. my hands are on the wheels of this show. But Man, anyway, yeah. pedophilia, right, is yep. more about power than sex, right? So uh, is it pedophilia? If you have actually fallen in love with a baby. <laughs> that's what like I want to know. I've been really, I've been really, yeah, like actual, like you're in love with the baby. Like you, you don't want to, you don't even want to fuck it, right? Yeah. You are like just deeply in love with the baby and you think about it like, and what every if, time you think about it, you think of like Lady and the Tramp and you're eating spaghetti <laughs> with the baby. What if the baby is, is your baby too? Uh, it's that pedophilia if you are in like deep love with the baby i think that actually happens to some people uh, i think they like are attracted to the childlike nature maybe of kids and it's like you it's not even that like you you're in love with the baby on a personal level you're not in love with babies just this one baby you love the way it laughs you love <laughs> you when love it poops its pants. <laughs> yeah, you love the things uh. it tries to say. Uh, you love the way it holds its own foot. You know, you just just those little foibles in everyday life that make relationships worth having. Um, and uh, except obviously with a baby. Um, so Jonathan Holmes. All right. And you don't want to have sex with it. In fact, you want to look after that baby until it's eighteen or sixteen in Britain, and then you want to sweetly uh, break its flower. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly how Twilight ends. Except it's well, yeah, out. it does. This is it actually is, that is yeah. That's what's yeah. fucking scary. Yeah. I'm yeah. actually, I am actually writing Twilight, my own, I'm writing a, f- a book called Twilight 2, but with all the vampire stuff taken out, so it is just <laughs> an old man trying to have sex with a kid. <laughs> In fact, if you man. take vampires, I think what that Stephanie Meyer woman did, right, well, she didn't write Twilight so much as take Lolita and just write the word vampire in, like every other sentence. <laughs> Well, they are old. Those those vampires. They, are, they, are. they look like teenagers, but psychologically, it's okay so long as you look like a teenager. So if I if I like wore a t shirt that said bodacious and had tie dye shorts on and a a baseball cap backwards, would it then be pedophilia if I had sex with a twelve year old? Just I'm just going by Twilight logic here. Do you want me to answer your old question about the baby, or what should I what should I do? I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me. Okay, wait. I got one. If you took, oh, um, okay. if, um, when demolition in Demolition Man, when he has sex with Sandra Bullock, mm. that's is that pedophilia? Because no. he's like 117 <laughs> years old. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really old. Yeah, he's just old. If anything, she's okay, um, engaging. If, if if Sylvester Stallone had sex with Sandra Bullock, is I don't know if it, it's not pedophilia, but is it wrong? It is wrong, no, right? No, it's, it's the wrong. word 
the name is escaping from me for people who only want to have sex with old people. That's Can't like putting a that's like putting a There's crumpled a up that's like a crumpled up wet paper bag and putting it next to an apple and being like, here you go. Two things <laughs> that don't belong next to each other. Sylvester Stallone's dick and Sandra Bolt. <laughs> Uh, all right. Do you I, I was going to hear my gonna, thing? Um, almost. I didn't answer Jim's question. I Just just quickly, yes or no? Uh, if you don't want to have sex with a baby, then it is not pedophilia. So it's not pedophilia uh, if you fall in romantic love with a baby? If you are in romantic love with it, it's implied that you want to have sex with it, so then That's that is true. pedophilia. It's, it's just the sex. Sex, yeah, but yes. You, you, you're, you're honorable. Like, you know, if if two Christians plan to get married and not have sex until they're married, they're not, like, living in sin until, you know, unless they actually, like, stick it in. So you're not <sighs> technically having sex with kids if you're going to wait till it's 18 and then you do the honorable But thing. if you want to have sex with a kid and you're waiting, then it's... For it to be an adult... You what? see how it's for it to be an adult. You're waiting for it to be an adult because you're in love with this baby. You know. Yeah, it's you know. classy pedophilia, but it's still pedophilia. <laughs> to be sure. Wait, did you just say there's such a thing as classy pedophilia? Yeah, there is. Yeah, oh, damn it, Sterling just defined it. Jonathan Holmes, you are a victim of cyberbullying on a weekly basis. <laughs> I don't feel bullied though. I just feel like, uh, like I'm with. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't feel bully. You guys don't push me around or anything, or do you? And I just don't notice. I don't know. Oh, um, Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes. That's yes. Sick for this. I call him how I see him. What can I say? Snake. It's Master Miller. I'm calling. I have some new facts about mice. <laughs> Does he ever wear shirts, Master Miller? Like uh, Snake, shirts under. I'm in my apartment. I'm naked. You want to Skype? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Snake, you've been my subscription to Zoo Books just came in. Did you? <laughs> Zoo Books. Um, <laughs> you know what is a very common form of pedophilia? Oh my god! I was actually thought we we were done, but well, um, no, I, I know it's a subject that's dear to your heart, Jonathan. So, um, what well, do you want to tell us about pedophilia? When. A, and I saw this a lot. I uh, was the counselor at a very expensive summer camp years ago when I first got out of college. And it was for young adults or preteens, like 12 to 14. Um, and at that age, the women, if you can call them that, the girls, the 12 to 14 year olds, often are pretty much done physically with the whole puberty thing. You know, they all just look like Britney Spears or Christina yeah, Aguilera. Gotcha, gotcha. Grass, <clears throat> grass in the field, play ball. Right. And But the, the boys, are they all look like, um, you know, they look like 10-year-olds. Their voices haven't changed yet. They've got a little peach fuzz under there. They're 4 foot 5, they're 4 foot 10. And the girls still, like, make out with them. They're like, oh, he's so cute, and rub the top yeah, of his head. Yeah, because the girls just hit puberty, though. Yeah, but they're they're making out with you know Webster basically. Yeah, well, you... I mean that's all there is at that point, unless you want to go for an older well, gentleman. Sure. Yeah, but Jonathan, it's, uh... were you just? This just sounds like you're jealous. No, <laughs> it sounds like you were like, well, why are they kissing them when there's a real man over here? John, Jonathan, I have a question. Oh, no. um, when just... I was when I was going to summer camp, I was I was 14 years old, and I was at summer camp. 
uh, and I was totally, I had not hit puberty. I was a late bloomer, um, okay. and I, I met this girl, and we were hanging out, and she thought I was cute, apparently, and she's like, let's go for a walk, and I was like, okay, and we'd been hanging out at this picnic table with people and telling jokes, and then we walked over sort of into the, like, sort of into the woods, kind of. It was all in woods, so it wasn't really, that's not very descriptive, but and then she, she kissed me, and she put her oh. tongue in my mouth. Um. Ew. Was, that was Annie. Was Annie a pedophile? Um, she was thinking like one a little, yeah. Because yeah. she was thirteen and I was fourteen. Yeah, I so was not the body shape. Not, yeah, body shape. If you're thinking, wow, that high voiced, um, peach fuzz mustached little guy with the no it's, pubes and the, it's funny yeah. because I I like was I mean I was like a you know I was like physically like a kid and I was also physically a fat kid then. And I remember oh. sitting at this picnic table with her and her friend, and her friend was like playing matchmaker. And she mm. goes, "Max, do you think Annie is cute?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> and then she goes, "Annie, do you think Max is cute?" And this is like her friend, so she obviously set this up because I'm super mm. cute and everything. Yeah, and Annie right. goes, "Yeah, I like his eyes." And I go, "Yep, they're both real, both of them." <laughs> <laughs> and her friend goes, yeah, okay, that's, don't do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that was good advice. I mean, I thought it was funny, but that's not, that doesn't get you. Right? Right? We're not trying to, we're not trying to make system. out with Max yet. Right, right. Yeah, it's different. So that's an important yeah. thing. If you want to make out with me, don't laugh at my jokes about my real eyes, which are not real. <laughs> right. Which or, is a shame because Max has about 50 of them. <laughs> about real eye jokes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we, because the, I'm really excited about yeah, my thing. Yeah, the pedophilia thing was just, it's only supposed to be a section, but it's taking up more and more of the show, which it's is really... probably a problem. Um, yeah. In fact, one of the listeners did ask Jim, why do you talk about pedophilia all the time? <laughs> yeah, it's, our, our podcast is, it's like if 4chan and NPR had a baby at this point. It's really... <laughs> yeah. Are people still listening to the show, though, Jim? Or have we uh, the listener them? numbers are up. They, they, they slow and steady going up. Oh, they are. Oh, good they are. Know. They are significantly up from like the old Podtoid, like the the different cast. They sure. had a big bump up, um, okay. and then it's been gradual. Increase and they've been going that. up. People like it. They fucking dig it. That's great. I'm hearing more people say, "I just heard of Podtoid like yesterday." And thanks for being on the podcast. I'm like, "Oh, thank you for listening." I didn't thanks know. Thanks for coming out happened. of your cave, Rip Van Winkle. You <laughs> out of touch loser. <laughs> oh, Jesus! That's not what I was thinking. No. Well, you the both of your shows are expanding all the time. The Detroit show is getting more viewers all the time, and so is Jimquisition. So it'd stand to reason people would be just hearing about us now. I actually, so. it all um, leads into each other. Mm, indeed. I wonder how far button. up. Huh? I'm doing how a comedy far up? button. What? Oh yeah, the comedy button. You're bringing people button. in. That's that's oh, going. Yeah. That's that's popular. I also I guest starred on the Geek Box yesterday. Um, oh, how'd that go? Which is uh, a show with it's um, uh, Ryan Scott from GameSpy, who I'm on the comedy button with, and um, some other people. Uh, Karen Karen Chu, I think, from GamePro, a formerly okay. GamePro, um, yeah. and we just it was. Um, and a couple couple friends of theirs, and they just kind of hang out and talk nerd stuff. And I went down to Sunnyvale and sat. In a, it was in a comic shop where we recorded, which is kind of cool. Oh, that so, sounds fun. That should be up like tomorrow night if anyone's curious about that. That's I think it's like the geekbox.net or something. Oh, uh, cool. You can just Google it. Um, but sorry, what, Tara, what were you going to say? I totally don't remember now. Something it wasn't important though. Or something? 
put it up there or something. Put it up there. Put it up there. I don't think I said that. Put it up there. I think that's what he said. Some what up there? Turn around, falling in love with you. I want to live in a teapot with you. Turn around, <laughs> I wish you guys song. That's a little song a... that I've written about living in a teapot with Tara. It's called yeah. Teapots with Tara. That's adorable. I think I'm going to write a lovely little song about living in a mushroom forest. <laughs> I would like that. In, in a re- teapot house. You guys, I really hope you contribute to the Destructoid Christmas album. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't. I have uh, written just an all original song, thing. but I can't. I, I'm not. I've, I've got no musical talent. I can write I can, lyrics, you, but I can't do any tunes. Do you want me to make a tune for you tonight? I need a backing tune. I'll make a backing tune for you tonight with my uh, acoustic guitar and my electric keyboard and my little drum machine there. So let me know. I'll okay. do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll so, talk about that after. But so, right now, because I. Yes. Like. Max's penis must like just have so much pre-cum dripping out of it now with the anticipation of what he wants to talk about. I know mine is. I am slick as fuck down there. It's like like a road that's been rained on, but the rain has stopped now. And if you shone a light on the tip of my nodule, right, you just see it glisten, just really shine like a twilight vampire. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the little toadstool thought of that i wonder if that's the the metaphor behind the glistening vampire whether it's just kind of a the the everyone in twilight is a pre-cum covered cock helmet yeah yes. that's definitely what i think when i say yeah, I, i'm just sitting there you fucking cummy dick that's what i'm thinking <laughs> but max max, max. Are you for it? yes it's i good, am because that's almost a segue it's it's <clears throat> a little bit dick related um, I was lying in bed last night thinking about things and making up stuff in my head. And the thing that I made up that I'm most particularly proud of is a little device I like to call the Lawn Jeremy. Whoa. Now, this is a cutout of Ron Jeremy. And what you do is you take the garden hose. You put, the, you put Lawn Jeremy on your front lawn. And you take the garden hose and you snake it through his crotch and then you put a sprinkler on it. <laughs> so it, it's like Ron Jeremy's watering your lawn with his dick. I like it. So I it's really a, like a it. sprinkler-shaped penis with many No, 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 holes. no. no, no. It's, it's, it's like one of those little, like, you know, like little plywood cutouts of like a lady bending over. The, the people, you see people's like stupid kitschy yards. It's like that, except it's a cutout of Ron Jeremy just standing there with his like Super Mario mustache and his big super mario and belly you put the sprinkler hose like behind it and it pokes it's, through and then is, sprinkles yeah. water and, can, and because it's ron jeremy you can just pull the hose out as much as you need to you know you just yeah, put this in your probably front lawn be a green hose with a sprinkler on the end you can right? get one of those sort of grayish it's not very family friendly it's not in fact you'd probably have the police called if you put it in your yard oh i don't think so but it's, it's very but funny. it's good it's like you know promote a healthy green garden and I'm, have a laugh, have a bawdy exactly. laugh. Exactly, <laughs> and you know, people get those things where they they wind up their hose, and they you know by the side of the house. Why not cover that up? That's kind of an eyesore. So why not cover that up with a cardboard cutout of Ron Jeremy? The Hell, it could Ron be Jer- a life size one. It could be a statue of Ron Jeremy, and just <sighs> the lawn Jeremy, and you just have the the, the hose. Just... And he's a fine actor. <laughs> I know, saw him in Talk to Major Four. He has yeah. a degree in special education. Ugh. 
Just like Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Jonathan Holmes. Jonathan Holmes, can you curl up into a ball and suck your own dick? <laughs> I'm assuming now that you and Ron Jeremy <sighs> have the exact same skill set. We are pretty much the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ron Jeremy, and, and he looks like a cross between Mario and Sonic. Oh, that's a good way of looking people. at it. Wow, what a he's fun actually, idea. You I should mean, hit, hit him up. He's dressed up like Mario before, and his porn nickname is the Hedgehog. So Yeah. Yeah, he should uh, be so in the funny. next Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics thing. He should show up in the background. How how great would it be if there was a game where they teamed up, you know, and, and at the end, like, you know, at the end of whatever Sonic, when he turns into Super Sonic, what if at the end of that, like, Mario and Sonic, like, crashed into each other, <laughs> and then all of a sudden on the TV was just this live-action picture of Ron Jeremy just standing there, ass naked except for a pair yeah. of red running shoes, painted completely <laughs> blue, but he's wearing Mario's hat. Fantastic. Um, I'll tell you what, that's game of the year. Yep. That would be... I thought Maybe we should talk about our game of the year, or Destructoid's game of the year. Um, what sure. do you guys think about the, that victory? Um, for those who... Because there are some people that just <laughs> listen to Podtoid and don't even know Destructoid is a thing. Um, but Destructoid.com is the website that we all work for, <laughs> if you've been listening for the past 30 episodes and didn't know. Um... <laughs> But we have jobs. Yeah, we, we actually do more than this, thank Christ. Um, because I think we'd all be in the garage in our cars with a hose just pumping carbon monoxide <laughs> in there if this is all we did. Um, I love this, actually. This is my favourite part of my job. Hanging out with my family, my children. <laughs> That's right. These are well, my children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Ridiculous idea. Game of the year. Our- well, what we game of the what year. our game of the year was and what game we of the year. Of Portal Two is mm-hmm. officially Destructoid's game of the year 2011. I was surprised by that, but yeah. certainly not disappointed. I think it's the one game that every because we have such an eclectic, diverse staff. You know, there are games that I absolutely love that Maurice Tan hates, and then there are games that um, Tony Ponce likes that I can't understand. And we even have pretty similar tastes, but there's still some stuff that he likes that I'm just... And you and I, Jim, we, we like different games, but everybody likes Portal 2, at least a little bit. It, it, yeah. You can't have I think a it was not like Portal 2 a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think... I know I voted for it on my... I didn't really vote for any of the other games, because I didn't like most of them that much, but Portal 2 I gave some points to. And yeah, my... I mean, the Game of the Year okay. stuff is... It's usually always a controversial thing, and mm. I think most outlets are looking to give it to Skyrim, or some will do Skyward Sword, and, and they're always going to be, like, Obvious yet controversial, and I think the most controversial thing about Portal Two is it's the least controversial choice you could do, mm. and that and and yet it's still like really surprising. It's like, oh yeah, that game that that's that's perfect, that's brilliant, uh, and I think uh, you know I, I defy anyone to be unhappy with that. I I think it was yeah. a great choice. I don't know um, anyone. I most of the people on staff wouldn't say it was their favorite game of the year, but I think everyone on staff said it was one of their favorite games of the year. And that's, that's uh, as good I'm, as you can... Yeah, yeah that's yeah. as good as you can hope for for a consensus vote, I think. What were we going to say, Tara? Uh, well, I was going to say, actually, so funny story. My boyfriend heard that Portal 2 got Game of the Year and was like, oh, such bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> he obviously thinks it should be Skyrim. And personally, Skyrim is my personal Game of the Year, but I do think Portal 2 was a good choice yeah. just because you know it has such universal appeal. It's a, it's like the ultimate compromise, really. It, yeah. The yeah. thing is, like, you're kind of comparing something that's short but technically better to something that is massive, and I think that something that is as massive as Skyrim should be allowed to have 
certain bugs, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. But also, at the end of the day, it's a fantasy game. And something like that is probably not as universally appealing as, you know, a puzzle game with some cute characters. I don't know of Skyrim. I haven't played it enough to say, but I don't know of it to be as kind of a genius work of actual level design and, and uh, see that that's what design. I feel like it is though. Yeah. Like right. the first so. time I played Skyrim it's like it was completely different than playing Portal 2, which I really oh, sure. enjoyed. But yeah. Skyrim introduced me to things that I'd never seen in video games before and things that I had never expected to experience. And I'm sure some people, you know, played it and thought it was boring and whatever, mm-hmm. but uh, that would have been my personal pick. Yeah, I mean, Skyrim, Skyrim was Skyrim's my game of the year as well, um, but I'm absolutely not. I mean, I wasn't upset with any of our choices, any of Destructoid's nominations. Uh, I mean, not that I'd be upset anyway, because it's a fucking game of the year on a block, you know. Um, sure. But I, I rather I could find no way to argue with any of the choices, you know. Um, yeah. What did we have? We had Skyrim, of course, Portal, Dead Space 2, I think, got on there, mm-hmm. which uh-huh. impressed Batman. me. I, I'm always impressed to see a game from January um, get on there. Um, Portal was February, I think, as well. Uh, Batman, mm. Arkham City, you know, fine, fine game. Um, mm-hmm. What else was Deus there? Ex? Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Yeah, Deus Ex. Which ended up getting third. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did play that, enough actually. of those games to really decide on them. That's the other thing. I mean, there's so many games and so many good games these days. Just the more games that people on staff actually played are going to get more votes, I think. I played Dead Space 2. I liked it. Um, Portal 2, I played. Arkham City, I played a little bit. And I was like, okay, eh, I could go on. I don't want to make people mad, though, meh, at their games. But anyway, what were you going to say, Max? Um, I was. I was... It was interesting to see the, the stuff that that was nominated because um, they're all they were all kind of different. Um, mm. mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like different degrees of what you'd consider a video game. I thought that Arkham City was very much the most traditional video game in a sense. Like it mm. was it more was, so than Skyrim. You think? Oh yeah, easily. Uh, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Skyrim is. I mean, Skyrim is like that's the furthest end of the spectrum that, of, as far as like world. You know, it's a it's a it's a world that you're in. You know, that's you can spend the entire game just making jewelry, like that's. Huh. And if you told like I like to pick flowers, ride horses, and make jewelry, like they're like, wow. So, is there a new Lisa Frank game out? Like, what's you know what's what's up? <laughs> um, but it's like you can okay. also. I mean, everyone I've talked to about Skyrim has a different experience with it. They're all doing totally different stuff. You know, they're like, do you have the uh, the transmute? thing did you learn how to do that i'm like i didn't learn how to do that they're like you have to go to the place where the mammoths are being slaughtered by bandits and i'm like oh my god that sounds crazy and i've put in like you know 70 hours or something to that game and it's i don't it that's that's a world that's something else and then that's the thing about skyrim is that i could spend easily you know the next couple years playing it whereas portal like once once you finish it not many people have an inclination to go back and play it again Mm. portal's like portal's like a really good movie that stays with you um, you know, Skyrim's like a, it's like a big book, you know, mm. it's really, you can spend a lot of time in there. It seems um, more like a country that people just go to as opposed yeah, it's, to, it's a place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Arkham city, it's funny cause I remember playing it and just being like, I can, I can, it, you can kind of see the logical progression of games from days of yore, you know, where you're like, Oh, like it's playing like old Batman platformers. 
and looking at how that's progressed into this, and it, obviously they've improved everything, and it's a really, it's an amazing, huge game. But, you know, you unlock different weapons, and there's, like, a certain order you're supposed to do stuff, and, you know, there's a part where you fight a shark, and it's kind of like, this is, you know, I could, I could see this being kind of uh, demade into a, into a platformer, and it'd be, it would still work. And then, you know, Deus Ex is kind of, um, I felt like that was just kind of embellishing the original game, um, in terms of I mean, structure was, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. They didn't. They played it pretty safe. Um, I liked ASX, but and I, I never really got that much into the original. Mm. But it felt mm. like everything that Duke Nukem Forever was trying to do that it did absolutely wrong. ASX did right. You know, like they took the original franchise and they were like, "How can we update this without it being like too all over the place and still feel true to the original style?" And you know, there are things in that game where they could have gone. Uh, you know, way more in depth with, you know, mm-hmm. more more choices and more like, uh, kind of free reign to do things. But they kind of kept it sort of, they kept it simple in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah, and, um, yeah. They were they were direct and they had a idea that they wanted to get across and not soup it up with too much um, yeah. choices that would bring you all over the place. Uh, but and, there was just enough choice to make it feel like real. Real world. Portal felt Somebody like a Pixar rubbing movie their microphone. Somebody's rubbing their microphone. Not me. Giving a little rub. You giving a little rub, Max? You rubbing it? I don't, I don't think so. Jim, you doing that rub? No, it's um, it is coming from Max's end. I don't know what it is. I think it's God. just background noise or Damn something. Do you have a collar? Do you have your collars popped? <laughs> Pop collars. <laughs> Jonathan Holmes is the best tech support I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Wait, is this up? Whoa, now you're loud. Son like, of a bitch! Oh, what the now fuck you're is real that? Close to me. Yeah. Okay, I'm using Astro A40s. They're not mine, they're Zach's. And he had the, uh, there's, like <laughs> a, there's like a lapel mic and there's a headset mic and they're right next to each other, but I basically uh-huh. had like a hands-free mode on. So, <laughs> sorry to ruin Podtoid for the entire fucking <laughs> It wasn't the whole time you've been doing that. It God was just damn last, it. Uh, going over all the games of the year, which was going quite nicely. And I just that sounds wanted, much you know, better, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, there's that. Um so you were going to yeah. say Portal 2 yeah. is like a Pixar movie? I guess it, remi- it reminded me of a Pixar movie because it's like the it's you know really kind of heartfelt and you know it's pretty much anybody could appreciate that. Like it's it's not you know there's nothing like too edgy in there. Like it's not violent. It's kind of like it's very character oriented and at the end you kind of feel good and it's I mean there are people who hate Pixar movies, and I don't understand those people. I really, All I cannot. Pixar movies? Huh. I've met some people who really hate Pixar, and they're like, "Fuck that overrated shit." And I'm like, "What part of you is dead?" Like, <laughs> well, they're probably like, jealous, or they're where? That where did they get a tumor there. that made them hate Pixar movies? Some people just hate anything that they think most people like because they want to differentiate themselves from the quotes norm unquotes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can see why people were outraged that you know something. That Skyrim, Skyrim is a bigger, more ambitious, and uh, imp- more impressive in pretty much every way game than than Portal. But at the same time, Portal is like, you know, it's it's very. Mu- I think it feels like much more of a game. It's well, not it's, like it's a- that whole more is less thing. You know, sometimes it's to be streamlined and dedicated to a single cause can make for a more refined and enjoyable experience than something that's huge and sprawling and all over the place. Um, you know, the more features a game has, the more chances it has to turn you off. Um, yeah. Whereas a game that's dedicated to a single thing can sometimes, I mean, you know, refined doesn't automatically mean better, but sometimes, you know, just having 
a very clear set of limited goals certainly means you can hit your ambitions a lot easier than mm. you can with a massive and overly ambitious game. Um, and again, I say this as someone whose personal game of the year is Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. Uh, again, yeah but just, just in terms of... As objective, as objective as I can be, I can well, look you're... at it and say Portal 2 is a, is a very fine choice. Well, you're talking more about not the games themselves, but the different techniques and designing a game and what your your goal for the player is and in portal 2 they had very specific things that they wanted you to feel so they were guiding you along a course and you had to get through the course by solving the puzzles and the in the different ways that they set out for you to experience whereas yeah. in skyrim it's just like here do some stuff do yeah. whatever you want we gave you a world Plus, I think and for course, me sorry yeah. Um, uh, for me, I want a Portal 2 type experience. I don't want an unguided, just do whatever you want experience. Yeah. Uh, most games, it's just not and the type. I think type it was the the very strong personality that Portal 2 has because you know Skyrim does have its own atmosphere, its own world, its own characters. But because it is so open, in several ways, it has to be a bit more, a bit more inflexible, a bit shallower in terms of personality. Mm. Just so that, you know, to give it a uniform, wide, open sense of exploration and what have you. And, of course, because they're using a tool set, which is more about replicating um, identical movement, character animations, AI patterns and things. Uh, just because you have to for, for a game that long, you can't handcraft the AI of thousands of characters. Sure. So, in a way, that the sense of personality kind of, you know, you don't get it so much. Um, whereas, again, with a smaller game and with fucking genius writers like Eric Walpaw and, and, and Chet Falizek, um doing the script, and of course Stephen Merchant and um, oh shit, Ellen Page. Oh, yeah, Ellen Page, thank you. That's yeah. dreadful of me. Um, no, providing right. fantastic performances. It, it's, it's a fucking funny game, and mm, that's mm -hmm. such a rare thing to see. It's a genuinely funny game that isn't wacky or zany. Um, yeah. But is actually smartly witty um, to have that be a a thing, and, and you know, comedy um, appeals to everyone, unless they're the kind of people that hate Pixar films for no reason. <laughs> you know, inhuman right. monsters. Um, yeah, if like there are two games that I like. When I see my mom for Christmas, I want to show her. I want to be like, hey, so you remember video games? Because she doesn't pay attention to video games. She doesn't know shit about video games. And she always kind of, you know, lumped them together in that sort of mom perspective as things that have violence and bad stuff in them and makes me not want to go outside and get exercise. Um, oh, yeah. You know, that, that kind of... Uh, and I want to be like, hey, so here's Skyrim. Uh, that's the fucking Aurora Borealis. Um, I can pick flowers. I can make potions. Uh, I'm going to ride this horse uh, <laughs> up a mountain sideways um you know it just i, I want to be like here's what the, the, oh yeah that's christopher Plummer doing the voice there and she's gonna go oh shit and then i want to show her portal 2 and be like hey so here's a game where you go through walls and have to figure out how to use this totally um like space age i mean i love i just love the concept behind portal like someone someone thought that up Mm -hmm. You know, they were like, what if you could walk through one hole in the wall and come out another, and you'd have to use that combined with physics, physics. to solve puzzles, which is just... And then what if we had Stephen Merchant talking to you the whole time? Like, that's... <laughs> the fact yeah, that they managed stuff. to make that a smart puzzle, like a, a puzzle game with a plot is just impressive. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. It's always Absolutely. been, yeah. Um, 
More so, of course, from Portal, which did have a plot, but it wasn't as interwoven into the gameplay. Whereas this, they the blend of gameplay and plot at the same time, it's, it's nothing short of remarkable. Uh, yeah. So yeah, fantastic game. Highly deserving of Game of the Year, I think. And if you disagree, you are... Ugh. Ugh. Worse <laughs> worse than Elton John. <laughs> that hateful... Hate monger, fight yeah. merchant that he is. Uh, yeah. Jim Sterling is the worst podcast host ever. That's a one out of five iTunes review. Before you guys get into reading iTunes reviews, I read that one already, by the way. It's pretty good. Um, I'm afraid we're going to have to go because people are coming into the studio here and they're filming something else. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got to go. Oh. I'm sorry. Is, what are we going to do? You guys yeah. will make fun of our viewers and <laughs> of us. Good luck, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry yes. Christmas. Have a nice, oh, have a, have a nice Yule time. Holmes, I hope you have a rockin' Ramadan and a kick-ass Thanks. Kwanzaa and a hell of a Hanukkah. Whatever <laughs> nice. the fuck your ethnicity is. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some Shinto stuff. There's definitely some Jewish okay. in there. Yeah, Jew Shinto. Uh, it, actually, don't you celebrate all Pedo's Eve? <laughs> okay, I gotta go. Bye guys. Okay, bye guys. See you guys. Um, don't worry, listeners, we're still here. Me and Whoa, Jonathan. so we're, we're just coasting alone yeah. on this? Well, I mean, yeah, we can. We, I mean, Let's unless you've got somewhere to be. Oh, uh, no. I mean, it, Christmas treat for the ladies and gentlemen. We ain't ending the show just because Max and Tara have had to go. No, we're gonna carry on with a slightly lower quality show just for you. <laughs> just for you, um, Max. It- we're really on a tear. I love it when you guys uh, inspire each other to be like that. Oh, we, we, that it is. takes a while. The first 15 minutes of this episode is fuck awful. Um, I can't wait to hear it. I am sick as fuck, man. You don't sound it. You sound great. Um, like I said, it's, once you great. get into the podcasting thing, you kind of the energy, the backup generators take over. Um, maybe that's they should have got Terry Schiavo to do a podcast. Then maybe she'd have woken the fuck up. <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, we'll never know now. We'll yeah, never know right. now. That's that's between oh, us and science. Probably. I don't know. No one talks about her anymore, so she must have. Uh, unless they just got bored with, with her like American culture does. Right, guys? The, the, well, they do on the news, sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not bored with. What's that? Watching Theatre Rhythm uh, Final Fantasy videos. Oh, God, that game. I am really... I, I still stick by what I said. Uh, fuck whatever that guy from Kotaku said. Um, Theat Rhythm, what? Final Fantasy... He said it looked like shit. Um, oh, someone did. Okay. Um, but Theat okay. Rhythm, Final Fantasy looks like... And I've said this twice now, so I'm saying it for the third time. Looks like the best Final Fantasy game in years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally down with it. That last video that came out that shows uh, you fighting dudes to the Sephiroth theme and then going back and uh, re-experiencing experiences from all the uh, different Final Fantasy games and then going through the new uh, quest mode and stuff like that all to the the best part of the Final Fantasy series. The only thing that's consistently good for me, you know, with or without um, Sakaguchi is the music. Uh, Nobuo Metsu makes every Final Fantasy game worth at least playing uh, to listen to it. And they're taking the best thing about Final Fantasy. Well, I mean, not anymore. I mean, they had the... In fact, I wanted to point that out. Because yes. I watched the last Theat Rhythm trailer, 
which uh-huh. took us basically on a, a chronological journey, showing us uh, a selection of stages. Um, it's like it's a it's a music rhythm action game, like Elite Beat Agents, for those that aren't too sure what it is uh, on the 3DS. And they showed all these Final Fantasy songs, you know, brilliant ones. Fucking obviously they had One Winged Angel. Heaven forbid we don't. Uh, they had the Final Fantasy IX um, main theme, which is I love Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, I was loving just yeah. the nostalgia of that game. You know, they had the the title tune of Final Fantasy X, which is a beautiful piece. Um, but I just found it great that all this beautiful music, then they hit Final Fantasy XIII, and it was just... <laughs> and I just thought, that that right there is Final Fantasy in a nutshell. Just all this beautiful music, then along comes Final Fantasy XIII to shit on the carpet and kick the door on the way out. Uh, poor Final Fantasy Thirteen. It really is a resounding failure to make me happy. I don't want to say it's. A, it is it's the fart just... noise in the symphony of Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> and Final Fantasy Thirteen Two just came out, right? In Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think that it did. Yeah. And uh, I haven't got sales numbers on it yet. Got Dale North reviewing that one. I'm not going to be doing it. Mm, yeah, he really saying I, they wanted me to do it. Um, but oh, sure. I mean, I'm gonna step up. Like, well, that that you know, your thoughts on Final Fantasy 13 are very well known, so it may be a little redundant. Assuming Final Fantasy 13 is going to be similar in terms of how it plays, uh, which I think that it is, right? That's what I'd read. Yeah, it, I mean, I, th- I think they it's an improved version, they say, but mm-hmm. you know, well, they said that I mean, about 10 too. Is unlike what, what the kind of thing, yeah. But, Unlike yeah. what the, how the saying goes, you can polish a turd. Mm, you you, you absolutely can, but it still stinks like shit. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I've got better things to do with my time than, than review Final Fantasy XIII too. Uh, yeah. So that's that's fine. Um, I am a little optimistic for Final Fantasy XIII uh, versus, though. Oh yes, I am. Yeah. That looks interesting. I might give that a chance. It's an action game set in kind of a modern world with I, re- I just remember seeing a part with a guy riding a mech down what looks like the streets of tokyo and just blowing up everything in sight looks good to me i mean i'd want to play it with or without the final fantasy name uh which is more or less how i go about it now the final fantasy name doesn't really mean anything to me anymore unless it is like a yeah. rhythm type thing where it's a tribute to the series um a new Final Fantasy game could be anything at this point. I mean, it doesn't help they've done so many spin-offs and re-releases that the, yeah. they've definitely they've they've degenerated the quality of the name, um, which is a similar thing that happened. I've, I've said before that Final Fantasy is the Star Wars of of video games. Oh yeah, you wrote That's a whole article. Square about Enix that. is definitely George Lucas, um, but again, they've just like with Star Wars, you know, so many re-releases, so many spin-offs, so many things have that name attached. That there's no prestige there anymore. Uh, yeah. So that's you know that's a problem. Absolutely. But, but theater rhythm looks that. good. Versus, I'm I'm interested in. Um, it's just I used to I used to love Square Enix. I it used yeah. to be up there with like you know Square Enix is having having a game out. Uh, yeah, I'll buy that. You cunt. Why did you ask me? Get out of <laughs> yeah. the house. It used to be synonymous with quality and with uh, kind of a direct message from from all their games. Now it's really, really muddy. It's yeah, really it confusing what the what they stand Especially for. Especially since they took on Eidos or oh, whatever no, no. it was. It's like yeah, that now it's really up and down. 
Yeah. When, and Square Enix's name is also attached to Kane and Lynch. There's, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Problem. What that mean. other one, that mind mind wipe, or I can't. Even, I reviewed the fucking thing. I can't even remember its name. It was so god awful. Uh, mind Jack. Mind Jack. Yeah. Oh. I previewed that. It was awkward because it was a really nice guy from Square Enix came over last year when Detroit had a central headquarters. Came over. He was a super cool guy. We were playing like a weird tingle game on the DS beforehand. He was laughing. He thought it was fun. So he's got to show you your game and we're playing it. And I'm like, ah, it's blue. (laughs) And you're a gorilla sometimes. I like gorilla. Do you like gorillas? He's oh, yeah, I love them. Like me too. Yeah. All right, can we stop playing the game? I just don't want to. I wanted to end on a high note for him, but yikes! Yeah, that was a pain, painful flop. It's a bad game. Um, yeah, bombed. bombed yeah. Hard. You know, so, uh, our mutual friend Colette Bennett has told me that she thinks that Atlas is slowly becoming what Square Enix used to be. And I, I kind of see where she's coming from on that. I can, I mean, without any of the financial success. Right. Um, they do okay. They they actually, they do okay. But, Catherine, I mean, they, yeah, they certainly, I mean, they don't have the power of Square Enix, but they certainly have a similar appeal. I can see that. I can see what well, she, there was what's a time there. where Square Enix, on the Super Nintendo days, it was kind of like, what are you playing? I'm like, dude, I'm playing Final Fantasy. They're like, I've never, ever heard of that. It was It was a fairly niche thing, at least here in the United States. And I feel like Atlas is almost to that point where Dark Souls... I mean, don't mess with a Dark Souls fan. They are... Well, I mean, Dark Souls is Namco Bandai. Atlas did Demon Souls. Oh, I'm sorry. I mixed them up. Aww. <laughs> it's okay. Aww. Well, it's same with Demon right. Souls. People love that game hard as well. And uh, Catherine, passionate, passionate fan art yeah. being made. Catherine every day. But you were going to say something before, Jim. I'm oh, sorry. Right. I was just going to um, go on. As promised, I wanted to read this iTunes review. Because, you know, oh. sometimes I like to get the negative iTunes reviews and read them. Um, oh, and this one is purely egotistical because the headline is Jim Sterling is, all caps, the worst <laughs> podcast host ever. By what standard, I wonder? I don't know. I mean, considering I've been on other podcasts with people who, like, can barely talk. Um, that really is insulting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love the Detoid show. See, the, he's coming from YouTube, oh. probably. Okay. There's his, there's his first problem. Um, uh. <laughs> I love the Detoid show, and you'd think their podcast would be right up my alley. But what... Oh, he thinks of it as... The the detoy shows. An extension yes. of the so he just imagine popping on his headphones, all giddy and excited, thinking <laughs> I'm gonna hear Max and Tara's legendary banter, and then he gets. files or not, please. I mean, you just impersonated yourself. That's amazing. That might be a record. I don't know if anyone's ever did that. But um, he goes on, like, you know, he thought it was going to be good. But one huge, fat, disgusting thing stands in the way of that. Whoa. Mmm. Heavy stuff. The abomination of a... <laughs> so it's up there with the, in the same way that fundamentalist Christians view homosexuality. The abomination of a co-host that is Jim Sterling. This... Wow. 
Mm, this slob spends the entire show trying to make horrible jokes with his over-exaggerated accent. So you tried to make a horrible joke and failed. In and an, in an so. over-exaggerated accent. Uh, right, that you're, obviously you're this trying isn't fine. to. And he is not funny at all. The only person laughing is what's-his-name, brackets, not Max. <laughs> wow, that's me. <laughs> we'll give another fair shake if he leaves the show, but until then, F-minus. F- wow. Just wow. me. That's just me bringing it down to F-minus. Ruined the entire show for that guy. That's t- it is called Podtoid with Jim Sterling, I think. That's the formal title as shown on Destructoid.com. I don't know why they so put you that were... there. I think Nero put that there. Well, um, but it, it, makes, it nice. makes it sound like I'm a celebrity, so you I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, you're a celebrity in my eyes. Well, I'm, um, I'm not, because I'm, I'm the fat slob with an exact... <laughs> I love well, this that's thing. I've been accused you're... of this a couple of times. The fake the accent thing. Um, right? Jim Quisition, a lot of people are like, God, look at him with his fake British accent or his over-the-top accent. Which is funny because my accent is weird. I will grant you that, but it is 100% mine. Um, mm. A lot of people are confused. I've had British people that think I'm Australian uh, yeah. and American people that don't know where I'm from. Um, sure. I sound nothing like members of my own family. I sound nothing like anyone in my family. Um, I don't know where right? it came from. I think maybe it's from watching a lot of American TV as a youth. Maybe I picked up that. I've, um, I've just, I don't know. You don't sound American at all to me. Well, maybe, uh, you know, but maybe like, you the American, American influence kind of rounded out the English accent to create this weird Australian thing. Did you watch a lot of American shows where Americans were pretending to be English? Not really. And that's how you learned how to talk? Not really. Um, But then I watched very, very British comedies as well at the same time. So maybe the two met in the middle. Just American TV shows, American cartoons, and very British comedy kind of informed my accent I've, I've got no idea where it came from like you listen to my brother he said nothing like me my own mother my grandparents totally huh. different you wouldn't know i was a member of the family um but yeah it's I a weird so. accent yeah. I, yeah. I, i'll mm-hmm. grant you um and it's gotten a little stranger ever since moving to you know mississippi of all places the accent <laughs> kind of you know it's it's retained you know i've retained the accent but it's it's gotten a little quirky in places um so that's I mean, great but yeah i mean people have said that a lot like they think it's fake or exaggerated in some way um but i do just talk i mean obviously i will speak exaggerated sometimes when i'm going you know <laughs> sure uh, we all talk uh, different depending on the situation but yeah, yeah. huh so uh, that guy wow his level the thing about being a celebrity jim and you are a celebrity a celebrity a is not a celebrity oh, <laughs> the celebrity is not the other guy who's not max who is me uh <laughs> the celebrity is the one who inspires the intense emotions on either side of the spectrum and we get uh email sent to the tips line the instructor tips line saying attention jim sterling and then not a short tip but a long passionate essay 
about exactly what Jim Sterling should say, and only Jim Sterling, saying this is for Mr. No Bullshit Jim Sterling, the greatest uh, video game journalist ever, who's innovating and changing the way people think about video games on a daily basis. No this is exactly that. what I No one has say, said that. I want to point I've that said, out I've, right I've now. Seen that written. Because as soon as so people are... hear someone say that, then they think, I've got to knock him down a peg or two. He's got too much ego, uh, which isn't true. I think I've said on Potto before, no, I'm rubbish. Um, but people absolutely love you. And then on the flip side, of course, people absolutely hate you because you're actually doing something. And when you actually do something, you're going to inspire um, your uh, the people who stand for the opposite of that to be really angry and want all overweight people or British people to not be on podcasts because they hate the sound of the way they look. Is that what that guy said? He was talking about the way you look. Oh, how yeah, do you know how much you weigh yeah. in a podcast? Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, I, I, don't, I do not. I am actually not. I mean... Because a guy, actually, I've been getting weird messages from a Podtoid fan who's, I think he's drunk all the time, and he was oh, yeah. like, um, are you fat? You don't sound fat. Uh, <laughs> which is true, I do sound like a little girl. Um, but I don't know how that... Because if I sounded fat, if I was like, oh, like, then I could understand how my being fat and disgusting affects the podcast. But I the sound of podcast, yeah, yeah, but that was fun. I, I found that funny and I thought I'd share. Um, someone did point out because on the last episode, we moaned a lot about haters and, and trolls and complaining people. Yeah, that's. Chimed right in. That was a yeah. really. He's really feeling it. It's like therapy for him sometimes to be on the show. He just well, wants think, to. Yeah, but I did want to because someone did say on as a reply to the last episode. You know, I hope you guys realize there are a lot of people that actually like you guys, uh, which I, <laughs> I didn't want it to think that we think that you know everyone's a, 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 as hateful and spiteful as Elton John. Uh, we do know that we, I mean, you know, that one negative review is nestled between just a ridiculous amounts of five out of five reviews, like five star reviews, a couple of four star reviews. I'm a bit disappointed in those people. Uh, I just wouldn't bother doing a four star review. Yeah. I guess they think it's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know why you guys fucking bothered to do that. You (laughs) utter snakes. But I'm joking. Well, the iTunes so, world is kind of an all or nothing. You know, the, the, four star people are like, eh. The four stars yeah. are, are, are just as appreciated. Um, yes, thank you. But no, you know, the, we got a lot of fantastic reviews. I love reading the positive iTunes reviews, and I love getting the comments on detour.com and. And via Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, um, they are all read. Like, I, I will read every single positive comment and. And I appreciate it a lot. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So thank you for doing it. It is much harder to respond to positive comments oh, yeah. though, without yeah. saying, thank you, that made me feel good. I mean, that's sometimes all you it can always say. Whereas a negative false. comment, yeah, yeah, what can you, what can you say sometimes that either doesn't sound, I agree, I am, a, I am great, I'm glad you noticed, or, you know, just gushy. So if you don't want to be emotional in a comment, it's hard to respond to a positive one. Whereas a negative one, it's very easy to just reframe what you said or try to stick up for yourself. Um, it comes a lot more naturally without having to load it with a lot of feelings. Yeah. And it's, I mean, human nature is, is to respond more to negativity than positivity. Um, yeah. I think it's just that 
defense instinct you know your your attack sure. and you you attack back um right but you know i mean i always make an effort to try and return emails and, and private messages um i don't always just because you know i, I am constantly doing things but you there's about three it. emails i've written to you not as a fan. I haven't written a fan letter to no, you. No, actual while, work. <laughs> yeah, just like, Jim, how about this review? And I, I still don't know. Yeah, I do apologize. I'm terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I'm fucking... Well, it's not. You're, you're, uh, you're doing several. You're doing at least three jobs. You're a, No, four jobs. You're a, podco- uh, a podcast host and organizer and editor. You are a video host. You are a reviews editor. And you're a news writer. And you probably do more stuff I don't even know about. So, yeah, you've certainly bitten off a lot. Oh, wait, that wasn't a fat joke. I'm sorry. Did that sound like a fat joke? Oh, look at my fat tits. (laughs) They are massive and hairy. Suck on them. (laughs) More people are emailing me pictures of myself when I was fit and saying, what happened? (laughs) And I masturbate to this picture, but I don't masturbate to your new pictures. Can you do new pictures where you look good so I can masturbate to them, sir? It's a funny thing. It's a funny thing to uh, be told. It's a compliment and an insult at the same time. <laughs> compliment insult. Yeah. It's yeah. that's nice to be. It's nice to be masturbated over. I think. I, I'll never forget the first time I found out guys were masturbating to me. Um, I was at a cookout in Maine, and I had been on a MTV reality show, and there were some drunk Hispanic gentlemen who told me in a slurred Spanish accent, oh, yeah, I jack it when you're no shirt on. Oh, and I'm like, wow, what a good cookout. <laughs> That's my story. I bet you left that cookout with a spring in your step, sir. <laughs> it was a very nice compliment. That yeah, there was a nice. time. It was a lot of Hispanic people liked me on Road Rules because they suspected I was Hispanic. People do tend to like whoever they think is the most like them. And it was a lot of lesbians and a lot of gay men uh, liked me. Most Caucasian women just asked me about the other guys on the show, if they were single, if I had their phone number and stuff like that. But uh, if I went to a gay Spanish bar, look out. Signing autographs all night. (laughs) That's true. That's actually, yeah, that is. Wow. That's not bad. That's really cool. Oh, I'm actually genuinely, I think that is genuinely awesome. I Um, enjoyed it. It is my dream that one day I too will be a gay Hispanic icon. Um, (laughs) But I don't think that'll happen. I hope so. You know, you're you're still young. Keep the dream alive, like, like Fry Height said in that song. Okay. Who's that? Fryheit? Oh, some... people are telling me that the best Village People song is called San Francisco. Do you know that song? I don't. I must confess, I only know the hits. I only know <laughs> the hits. I'm told that is not only the best um, Village People song, but the best song about a city ever. So if uh, the Pod Toy listeners will check that out. And let me know if that's true. That would be great. But should we do questions, Jim? I don't want to. We haven't got any. Talk. What? Do you want some questions? I'm gonna, I've been playing Star Wars: The Old Republic all day. I ain't got time to do no fucking questions. <laughs> I'm gonna whip us up some questions. I have one question, okay. which is just Holmes lusting over Amy Rose from the Sonic games. Is that pedophilia, zoophilia, furryism, or other, or all of them? <sighs> Jim, what have you done <laughs> in my life? <laughs> 
I've made it significantly more interesting. Yeah, you have, you have, but wow, it's a. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't vouch for it being better or worse, but it's it's <laughs> different. Yeah, it's not the way it was. Yeah. Normally, when they uh, say that someone changes lives, it's always positive. But with me, it's more of a Russian roulette situation, <laughs> a Russian roulette, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a different life. Uh, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. <laughs> uh, but either way, I'm I'm happy for the uh, yeah. the changes. I mean, I'm well, actually really just... interested in this question because Rouge the oh, Bat, Rouge the Bat, canonically is 17. I'm not gonna say any more than that, other than I'm interested in the answer to this question. Uh, there is a lot I've noticed of pedophilia. Uh, zoophilia porn. I think you were one of the first people to show me a picture of a Koopa with like a baby's body and like a small set of male genitalia. <laughs> or I, don't, I don't remember that. It was you. A few years back, you were like, hey, get a load of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds like something I'd do. It does sound like uh, do. Here's one from Sir Toby. They're all pedophilia question so far jim yes, is uh, it pedophilia when mariah carey touches herself and shows off her ass in front of justin bieber <laughs> no, no no i mean she's not necessarily I mean, attracted to Justin. it's self-love um but for the benefit of a child <laughs> i mean is it pedophilia if the child is legitimately benefiting and if they're grateful <laughs> Well, there are the two kinds of pedophilia, predatory and seductive. And uh, seductive pedophilia, even though the kids um, may not find it unpleasant, is still uh, statistically set to do some psychological damage to the uh, child, he said robotically, as though it wasn't terrible. Um, still more pedophilia questions. Smurfy McGee asks, is it pedophilia every time Batman calls Robin his young ward? No. It is weird, though, because Batman wants to be Robin, and Robin wants to be Batman. Like, Batman wishes he could be a young, carefree kid that actually had a parent, and Robin just wants to be a big, badass crime fighter who can um, beat up guys who might kill his parents. So they have a weird dynamic. It's very creepy. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to get to a question you can answer, Jim. Yeah, Jim, answer this one from uh, from Tom uh, Purdy. Which 2012 game should we be keeping an eye out for? Is there any uh, on the top of your mind, on the on the front of your brain that you're thinking? And which one should we avoid like the plague? Which games have you already played for 2012 that you really don't want to have to deal with? I don't think I've played final- anything for 2012. Um, I don't fancy I guess. Have you I mean, that? I'll be avoiding you- it. Um, yeah. I've not played it. Uh, I, mean, I, I wanted to say Kingdoms of Amala, but Max has kind of taking the wind out my sails for that one a little bit because he, you know, he wasn't overtly keen. Um, Darksiders 2 is a game that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, you know, I love the first game and it looks like the second one's going to improve in a ridiculous amount of ways. So I'm really optimistic. I didn't, I, I wanted to like the first one, but a lot of things blocked me. A lot of shallow things, just like I didn't like the way the main character looked. Those angels made me feel gross and sad. But uh, everything from the art direction to the design of the new character to the gameplay dynamic to, to everything looks uh, greatly improved in Darksiders 2. So I, I back you on that. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, strangely, it's like I don't, I don't remember like 
the games coming out next year. Um, last year, I could think of so many, but... And it's not to say there aren't any, because there are some fantastic ones coming out. Um, I think Syndicate's out next year, and I'm really looking forward to it, even though it's, you know, nothing like the original. Um, we got DMC, I guess, is coming out, and that I, I'm i still keeping confidence that it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm hopeful for that. I, I'm personally very excited about Pokemon plus uh, Nobunaga's Ambition. That's the kind of thing I like. I can't believe that's happening. That was just announced, I think, last week. Did you hear? You heard about that, right, Jim? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing that makes me happy. Um, Swery sixty five has a PSP game coming out. Yeah. Oh, and it's got <sighs> Lollipop Chainsaw as well. The yep, fuck? I'm See, about I Lollipop keep forgetting about that one. Um, yeah, they haven't talked about it much. Uh, it was all around packs that there was a lot of hype, and it's kind of died down. But yeah, that'll that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously we've got the PS Vita coming out, um, mm-hmm. and I'm some of that stuff looks good. That Gravity Days looks that does look really could fun. Be something doesn't it? special. Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, another uh, tying to the PS Vita, our friend uh, Justin Forsyth wants to know what are Podtoid's opinion on the Vita launch in Japan, and how if the price point will be welcomed or panned. Well, it didn't sell as well as the 3DS did in its first two days, but it came pretty close. I, it, think the 3DS I believe it doubled the PSP sales, though. So, oh yeah, for in first, terms of um, Sony stuff, it's beating its past one. Huh? Interesting. I didn't hear that. I think um, we're going to see what we saw with the. I think it's going to be the exact same thing we saw with the DS and PSP. It's like the PSP never really beat the DS, but it still did very well on its own merit. And I think right. we're going to see the same. It's like the PSV is probably not going to sell as well as the 3DS, but will still be a success on its own terms. I think I think because we've been so tuned to the idea of video game consoles being in a war, that mm. there's always going to be a winner and a loser. But even if you're not the winner, it's like a you know it's like a race with retarded children. Um, they're all winners. Um, except this, in this, the actual things have a function and a place in society and value. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you did that. Hey, too. hey. who's this yeah. guy, huh? What's this? Oh, is he going there? Oh my god, I think he's going there. He went there. Oh, you know, that's just the kind of crazy, wacky, tripped out adventure that is a conversation with Jim Sterling, guys. I think it's, a, it, it's all true. Yeah, I can back you up on that. Uh... Oh, yeah. Um, so the PS Vita, even though, I guess, next to the 3DS, it could look like a loser. Uh, like the PSP, it's probably going to win in some way. Um, it doesn't sound like the Japanese um, customers are put off by the price. Um, mm. I, I mean, two, $250 in the US, it still looks good on a shelf. I mean... For anyone who doesn't know, you're going to need to buy a fucking expensive memory card to go with it. It yeah. looks like Which is the most nice. expensive memory card again? Is it like 120 for the most expensive one? I can't remember. Like I that. know there's yeah. one up there, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I think that the enthusiast market, the people who value the kind of graphics that the Vita can put out and value Sony first party and some of the really interesting third party games coming out for the Vita are are going to buy it and I think it's not going to be a you know virtual boy style failure but I I do think that it's going to have a tough time ever reaching you know the kind of global numbers the DS did assuming that's what Sony even hopes for um 
I think it's realistic to think that it'll be a big hit in Japan and be a mild hit elsewhere and be able to sustain itself for a little while. I think that's a I mean, reasonable we'll, expectation. Yeah, we'll see. I think I think it's going to again just go the same way. It's like it's going to have a, a, a mildly successful launch. Uh, eventually, it will drop in price, and in the long term, you know, we'll be able to look back on it and say it did well. Um, I just hope that. Sony supports it and third parties support it. That's my big concern. That was my concern with the PSP. I I will throw up my hands and say the PSP was a commercial success. Creatively, I think it was a failure. Um, well, it, it certainly waned after a while. There were some really good games on it for a bit there. Um, yeah, but a I lot think, of them bombed. They just didn't yeah. sell on the thing. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the piracy was obviously a big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it didn't help that Sony kept putting out these firmware updates that only affect, really, the paying customers. Uh, yeah. It stopped any legitimate homebrew as well, which was a lot of the reason why some people bought the thing in the first place. Um, sure. So it's, it was a weird system. It was something that tried to like do everything, but it didn't do anything all that well. It's like mm, it had mm-hmm. it was a game device, but it came on those long loading UMDs. Mm-hmm. It tried to be a music player, except the sound quality was fucking shit. Um, and it, you know, it's, that's not an MP3 player. That big, fra- <laughs> very fragile thing. Um, yeah. Tried to be a movie player, but it would only play movies in one format, and it was a pain in the ass getting any films on it. So it was, you know, it, every feature it had came with one or two or even three caveats. Um, and that and that was one of my problems with the PS Vita. It's like I'm still so excited for it, but every time, for every cool feature, there seemed to be one or two little bullshits, uh, mm. which is Sony's specialty. It's like they don't do a huge big fuck up like Microsoft or Nintendo when they fuck up. You know, they can do yeah. some impressive work in the realm of being shit. But when Sony fucks up, it's they're always little things that on their own it's not a big deal. So when I complain about something, you get. Uh, Sony's defenders, white knights, going, you know, oh, this isn't a big deal. And I'm like, no, it's not. And if it was just that one thing, it wouldn't be a deal at all. But then you add it to the pile. And it's like, you know, one little shit bowl isn't a problem. But when you've mixed them all together, so you've got a shit mountain, it's going to make a smell. (laughs) And I just, and I'm I'm not saying that's going to happen with the PS Vita, but... You know, well, I, I really it, it, it has it for me. I, I think it is a, a a small shit mountain of problems that don't uh, overcome or overshadow all the positives of it. But I, it's left me somewhat cautious, especially that memory card thing. Yikes! And I know me, I'm going to lose those little memory cards mm. for sure. Then I have to buy another one for 120 bucks. One thing I'm wondering though is um, the PS3. I feel like if there is a message or uh, an underlying kind of philosophy that the PS3 has had is, you know, make a movie-like experience in your video game. Like, I think Uncharted 2 and 3, well, 1, 2, well, not so much 1, but 2 and 3 definitely did that. God of War did that. Heavy Rain did that. They're all different genres of movie, but they're all definitely trying to be like, hey, you like movies? You're going to like these games. And I don't think it's any mistake that um, Sony went for that as they're trying to market a new format to watch movies on, Blu-ray, and they are also a movie company. So it it, kind of makes sense. But I wonder if people are going to want those kinds of games on the Vita. I remember Max saying, I don't really want a big, sprawling, 
uncharted cinematic Hollywood blockbuster epic on a handheld. Yeah, um, it's always a it's always gonna be a question that comes up. It's Yeah. It it, I it it came up with the PSP as well. It's like, yeah, it can play console games more or less, but we have consoles for that. There's a reason why we play those on the sure. big screen rather than the little one. I'm always a little different. For me, I've I've been fascinated with handheld gaming from a very young age. Um, mm-hmm. It's something something that just I adore. I think it's just as a lover of, of science and, and technology in general, just, just what humans can accomplish in that area. Um, to see something like Uncharted running on a, on a handheld device is part of what I live for as a game reviewer, you know? It's, huh, it's that they can do of, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, mm-hmm. and, and obviously you can't just sell the, uh, a system on the strength of a gimmick, <laughs> but it does appeal to me. Like, I love the... When I played um, Grand Theft Auto, Liberty City... Oh, no, that's not, that's not what it was called. Uh, oh, I saw that, Liberty no, City... Liberty City Stories. Um, uh-huh. uh, on the PSP, when it first came out, I, I spent the first ten minutes just like, I can't believe I'm playing the whole of Grand Theft Auto 3 City on a handheld. This is amazing. I am God. And that was uh, one of the uh, best-selling games on the PSP, as was God of War, the two God of War games. It's just the sheer amazement of that. I mean, I'm playing for review at the moment Grand Theft Auto 3, the original, uh, on an iPod now, on my iPod Touch. And I'm like, dude, I'm playing... Grand Theft Auto 3 on an iPod. This is amazing. It's actually amazing. Like, we take it for granted now. But that is actually amazing. I mean, you... If we could travel back in time to ourselves playing Grand Theft Auto 3 on a PS2 and tell them, in in just a matter of years, you'll be playing that on your MP3 player. First of all, I'd say, what's an MP3 player? Is it like my Walkman? And then I'll kick the Walkman and say, no, you dick, these are shit, get rid of them. <laughs> what are you doing with a Walkman? You were too poor to afford one of those. Go get your fucking Tonko sound friend, which is what you could afford back then, young Jim. Um, but, you know, I just... I'd be, I wouldn't believe it if someone told me that when I was younger, playing Grand Theft Auto 3 on a PS2. I could barely sure. believe a game like that was running on the PS2. Uh, and, right. and now I've fucking... I've got it on my iPod, along with about 30 other games. Like, it's no big deal. Uh, yeah, just throw it on there. Yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that, that excites me about the PS Vita, um, as did the PSP. Um, obviously, though, that experience is only going to work so long as we have developers prepared to put the work out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all down to that. At, at the end of the day, no matter how advanced your technology, software is what people buy systems for. Um, right. so I, I want that breathtaking software to go with the breathtaking technology. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, not something we're going to see until... It's been out for a while, but fair play to Sony. They came out with a what looks like a fucking healthy launch library. Yeah, true. Yeah, some good games there. Uh, I'm curious about... I was going to say real quick that I've lost that magic. You know that magic you just described, Jim, and how much wonder and excitement you, you expressed in saying that it's amazing to you to be able to play Grand Theft Auto on your, your iPod. Yeah. I haven't had that since I first discovered emulation. 
not even doing it, but when I found out I could play arcade games, because arcade games were me being older than you, that was like the pinnacle of everything. Like, you can play Street Fighter on your computer? Street Fighter 3 for free? Then, you know, <laughs> after that, just I don't, I'm, it's kind of, what's the word for it when you've had it so good? that nothing surprises you anymore. It's just like, oh, yeah, of course they'll just be sexy yeah. naked ladies showing up to my jaded. house. Like jaded. You're somewhat jaded. Great. I still enjoy it, but I'm so spoiled by by the yeah. world that I don't even really feel much from it anymore. It's sad. Hopefully I'll yeah. get that. I mean, that's it. It's like I try, I, I try not to be in, in a lot of things. Um, I, I think I've always, to preserve a sense of wonder, I think, is is very important. Uh, yeah, and there's things I have wonder about, but talk technology, I don't have 3ds. I was still, I was kind of impressed with 3D at first, and now I'm pretty spoiled by it already. Should I ask some more questions? Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Fuck it. How much hey, time? By do the you way, have? did you know? I wanted to bring. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because I like to share my life with Podtoid. Um, yeah, sure. Did you know that I now wear glasses? Oh, I read that on your tweets. Yeah. You were tweeting about how you have your farsighted, right? Uh, nearsighted. Nearsighted. So yeah. you can see things that are close, yeah, but not things that are far away as well? Yeah, and from what I can tell, this has been for most of my life. Um, but I always just figured <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. I figured just most people must see like this. Uh, sure. It's not that much of a problem. Um and then Alex, my, my, my wife, was like, no, 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 that's not normal. Um, you shouldn't be squinting to read the TV guide, um, and you shouldn't be unable to read signs and license plates and things. Um, and, of course, because my, um, cause I, I work at a computer and I review video games um, on a big screen, it's never in impacted my day-to-day -day life. So I never had need. I don't drive. I work with a computer. So anything, like, I can live my day-to-day -day life just fine because that's all up close. In fact, uh, I'm not to wear the glasses at my computer or when reviewing games. Uh, so I haven't oh. got them on now, um, but I will sure. take them off when I leave the computer room. Um so it, I, I just I, I lived perfectly happily normally. Um, and because the, the near sight isn't, that bad like i you know it's mostly blurriness i can get around just fine um, okay but then she's like no 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 this is a, a thing you should get glasses for this uh, are you gonna so, get some uh are you gonna get some, like sunglasses for them too um to keep I have, your style going i have got glasses that become sunglasses when you leave the house that sounds good. Um, they're like normal glasses, and then I guess they just color change and go tinty out in sunlight. Um, although I mostly only wear the sunglasses for video work anyway, so it's no big deal to just take those glasses on, pop, pop on some aviators and do the filming, and then pop my sure. glasses back on. So that's no problem. Um, although the glasses do look nice, I think. I think I look quite nice with glasses, so maybe... Yeah, I bet you do. Maybe I don't need the, the sunglasses affectation so much now, but... Yeah, it was just weird, um, especially because putting the glasses on for the first time and seeing a Levi sign in the clothes shop across the from the uh, lens mask crafters that we were in uh, was amazing because 
I'd lived my entire life with things that far away blurry and it was just become natural that it was I couldn't talk and I still struggle to find words to describe it um it's it's like going it's like basically I upgraded my reality to HD <laughs> from standard definition and it's and it seemed just like with SDTV, it seemed so normal until I saw actual textures and shapes and right, could read right. things without a blurry outline. Um, that it's it's impossible to go back now. Everything so now. You, is speaking shit. of going back, are you gonna go back and review Assassin's Creed Two <laughs> now that you can see that the wrinkles on his rump textures are really really clean well really that's clean the, texture <laughs> that's the beauty of this arrangement mm. um, because i expected people to go oh review wrong man obviously like chong from cheese and bob dylan of course is is one of my most ardent haters and hey man you got to re-review that Assassin's Creed, man. I think that game is great. You're obviously blind when you played that shit, dude. And then I'm like, no, <laughs> Robert. They sound so friendly. Like, they don't sound that nice in, when they talk to me. They're, they sound like they're pretty good guys. Yeah, but um, the, beauty, <laughs> the beauty of the arrangement is because cause of the way I'm nearsighted, it's actually wrong to wear the glasses while reviewing um because i'm quite close to a large screen and Mm -hmm. in those circumstances i've been told by the optometrist i need to take the glasses off so i actually played assassin's creed in the optimum visual um settings for me okay so i don't have to re-review anything because i did review them properly um to put the glasses and i don't remember you ever saying well it's a very fun game i had a really good time playing it however the pockmark checks textures were a little (laughs) fuzzy therefore five 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 out of ten yeah i've never do that it's not like that that the visual fidelity is going to change the score that much but the funny thing is is because i've actually been playing the games correctly so when, when I look at a screen, I'm seeing it how it's meant to be seen. Um, and it's only when I look at the real world that I need the glasses. For about the past 10 years, that means video games have been more real to me than reality. Whoa. That's, okay. It was, I thought about this the other day, and I thought it was incredibly deep and philosophical. Yeah. The, the game worlds I've been in for the past 10 years have been like better graphics real. than your yeah. real world. They yeah. looked better. I've they've been more real to me than the fuzzy, hazy dream world that was reality. <laughs> and then putting the glasses on. Did you know? Did you know that the real mm-hmm. world looks amazing? It looks so beautiful. <laughs> I didn't know. Even something as simple as the grey concrete sidewalk has beautiful patterns that I never saw before. It's oh, amazing. This is, uh, this, you're amazing. You sound like a classic, like, on drugs, maybe Simon and Garfunkel era, feeling groovy, sort of, stepping down the cobblestones. Yeah. Hey, Paul, I put my glasses on. Woo, <laughs> looks so beautiful now. <laughs> Do you know the song, Feeling Groovy? That's you know not that Garfunkel. Oh, is that our? Oh, that is Garfunkel. 
Oh my god, you know all about this Paul Mary Yeah, he should. That'd he does now. Absolutely. Uh, do you want more questions? They keep coming in. A lot of them are really personal. Like, what's your wife like? Do you love her? And you know, <laughs> they're not video game Jonathan, related. A lot, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, here's here's a new weekly segment, right? Do you huh? love your wife or not? <laughs> and that's presuming that every week I may have a different. <laughs> Well, you this week, uh, yeah, yeah, this week. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll add that to my list of things that Jonathan Holmes thinks. Loves, wife, <laughs> tick, yes. <laughs> For now. That's For now, right. yeah. Did you hear someone did, uh, his name is Jayhawk2009 on YouTube. He did an impression of the unintentionally sarcastic sounding old man much better than <laughs> when I do it. And he made an image of me as an old man that is simply amazing. Why I don't know how he did this? it. I'll link it to you. We should put it in the post just to congratulate Jayhawk, spelled J-A-H-A-W-K-2009 on YouTube. It's, uh, yeah, he should just do it. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do that voice anymore because he, he did such a good job of it. It seems kind of redundant. It's very good. Thank you, Jayhawk. Nice. You want more questions, Jim? Yeah, let's do one or two more, and then let me put a cap on this ass. Okay. <laughs> uh, people are asking about Steam sales. I don't have too much to say about that. Have you seen a show called Buy all Game- the games for cheap. That's my yeah. opinion of the Steam sale. My longtime friend Nintendan, uh, Dan Koopman. I don't know if you'll have a good answer for this. He has... Uh, 1,200 Microsoft points and barely an XBLA library. Which download title would you recommend and why? Do you have an answer for that, Jim? The trouble is, anything I suggest will probably be what he's got. Right, Uh, or or on the PS3 as well. Super Meat Boy I love a lot, and that is not on the PS3. Um, If you don't have that already, I think that's a pretty good game, if you like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. um, Ilo Milo is a cute little puzzle game. Oh yeah, that's Feel a great like. game. That's, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Rascals. Mm-hmm. Give a big shout out to my uh, friends at Halfbrick. Um, yeah, get them. Fucking yeah. Ilo Milo, get Rascals. Then on the indie channel, you've got uh, Wizorb. Yeah, it's a good sort of. You've uh, got. Um, I'm, game. I made a game with zombies in it. Is yep. should be the de facto choice. Uh, yeah, well, that's just a buck, right? That's just a buck, as the, the game's lyrics in the song says. It, it is just a dollar. Um, I actually prefer um, the Tempura of the Dead. Did you ever play that, Jim? I have not gotten around to that one. I've heard many good things. Yeah, it's a, a, a mysterious samurai, comes to the United States, meets a big-eared African-American president of the United States, 
and they team up to kill all the zombies who are in New York City. But in order to really kill them in the most polite and spiritually effective way, they need to cut off their heads and then juggle their heads, either if it's a samurai with a sword attack, with, a, with Obama, it's with machine guns. Um, you have to juggle the head with precise timing until it turns into tempura and then their soul goes to heaven. It's the only way to get a zombie soul to heaven is to turn its head into tempura. That alone makes a game worth buying. And I think it's like two bucks on the indie that channel. That is inventive. It's a show. There's, yeah. there was some really good stuff on the indie channel. It just gets buried. Um, yeah, no, that's a shame. Cthulhu Saves the World is. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I've only played a little bit of it, but it was it was it's a cute little RPG and and worth checking out. And and I hear Breath of Death Seven is is a good one as well on there. So you know yeah, they're all worth getting. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I can't speak for it definitively, but I like Half Minute Hero a lot on the PSP. And I heard the, I think it's on Xbox Live Arcade, the, that version wasn't too bad either, so you could look into that. There's usually demos for XBLA games, right? Oh yeah, you it. can get, yeah, I think uh, they're all like time trials that you can download yeah. at first. Try one called um, Applejack as well, that was recommended by Robert Florence, who's a Scottish uh, comedian who did, um, I think I mentioned him on the last show, um, he used to do a show for Xbox Live Europe called Independent Charles. Which was very much like the video game show what I've done, but way more disturbing. Um, <laughs> and he recommended a, show, uh, a game called Applejack, which did look really good. So I would check that ah, out. Ah, cool. Well. Yeah, I think that's all I got. Is Spelunky on XBLA yet? I don't think so. I, it's still been delayed. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. What a cute giggle you just did. Did I giggle? Yeah. No, yeah, I think you that sounded was, like a geisha. I think You're that like was just my, geisha. my breaky, ill voice. Just going, ooh, oh, really? ooh. You gotta do something for the Christmas album, Jim. So you want me to record some music for you tonight? Is that what you want? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I will, I'll send the lyrics along. Um, okay. Along. See, I'm wondering maybe I should sing a sample to get you, because I've got an idea for the tune. I'm just okay. not musical. I can't play any instruments. I'm not good at playing any instruments, but I will play them and record it. <laughs> That's going to psych you up. So you got to do something. Christmas comes but once a year. You must spread that Christmas cheer with your music. And regardless of how it turns out, it's you, Jim. That's what they want to take home for Christmas. It's a little bit of you. They don't care how good quotes it or bad quotes it is. As long as it's you, they'll love it. It's my serious whisper. That's how you know I mean it. You gonna do it? I mean, I'm gonna do my best. I will oh. send the, I will send the lyrics over along with, because the tune that I had in mind is is similar to a, an existing Christmas tune anyway. So, all right. You know, we'll see. Hopefully, sure. I mean, if I can get some music, there shouldn't be anything stopping me. Um, I'm getting better. I so will make music tomorrow. tonight. Whether Sound you like good? the music or not, I don't know. <laughs> But I will make you music tonight. No problem. Okay. I guess that's the end of our show, unless you want to do another one. <laughs> yeah, let's start again. Another <laughs> fucking two hours of shit and drivel. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Podtoid. You see, I go into that as if it's someone else saying it now, like over, <laughs> know, yeah, over like, the well. ending music or something. <laughs> You've been listening to Podtoid on BBC Radio 4. Uh... <laughs>
I just poked something on these headphones. I've got Star Wars The Old Republic headphones on. Um, for some reason, EA work with Razer to do a lot of PC products. And oh, yeah. they sent me just fucking a mouse, headphones. Um, I've got these Old Republic big headphones on. They sent me fucking an Imperial Guard... Uh, an, no, um, a Senate Guard Star Wars statue. Uh, oh. Which I broke by accident and had to throw in the trash. Um, it was one of those horrible, like, pre-made, pre-painted, you slot the pieces together yourself. And, oh. of course, that means none of the slots fit. So while I was jamming this arm into a socket, the gun broke, and I'd already pissed myself off, so I just threw it away. Ah, um, oh, that's too bad. It's, it was hey. too bad. But anyway, I'm, I'm trying to end the show, and I'm just oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. rambling like an idiot about my stupid stuff I got. <laughs> I like it. I like thinking about your stuff and your house. I'm going to come into your house someday and just sit there. Just I want you to come and visit and then film videos of me making you play games that you don't like. <laughs> oh, yeah, you wanted to do a new really? series. Jonathan Holmes, play this game. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I wish maybe we'll be able to do that via Skype someday. Maybe. Oh, yeah, Sup Holmes is probably going to happen, I guess, in uh, mid-January. People can watch out for that. It's going to be my new talk show nice. on Skype. Yeah, hopefully it'll be good. Conrad Zimmerman is uh, really excited about it. He, uh, I asked him if he wanted to help. He's like, I'll engineer it. I'll, I'm going to cut in and out stuff. I can even be like your Ed McMahon-style sidekick maybe. We might try to turn it into a, a podcast because it's going to be a half-hour-long show. Um, so people won't want to watch that. But they might want to listen to it. Uh, we'll see. So that's stuff. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, uh, uh, uh. In the meantime, uh-huh. you can check out Jonathan Holmes and myself on Destructoid.com. Uh, Max Scoville and Tara Long, who were with us earlier, they do the Destructoid show on Rev3 and on YouTube. The account's Detoid. Um, I guess that's it. Please keep listening. Write us little iTunes reviews. We have an app on the um, on an- for Androids, which just gives you the show uh, to your phone. Um Mostly you're just giving us money out of the kindness of your heart because you ain't giving you anything for it. But you know you can buy that on the Amazon's on Amazon's App Store, two bucks. Um, the money goes towards not making a profit on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it basically to host the show costs X amount of money. The show makes X amount of money. Those two numbers are almost never. Yeah, but they um they are cov- covering you know a lot of hosting costs. Those apps, so yeah, do thank you for buying them. They they do help us break even, um, mm-hmm. which is nice because you know we do this not for any money. Um, Podtoid, we do it literally for fun, um, yeah. and because Nero would like to have a podcast on on <laughs> Destructoid, um, which we do, um, and I love doing. Uh, so thank you for 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 being so nice about the show. Um, most of you. And yeah, thank you. And we will see you next week, I guess. And have a happy Christmasing. Yeah, it'll be post Christmas next time. I hope everyone's okay. Yeah, hope and you get your presents. Hope you get some fun. Hope you eat a goose and a current bun, but after it, Christmas tree. You sounded so miserable during that. I love the Christmas songs that are uh, happy lyrics, but sad, sad melody, you know? 
Like, oh, we're so happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> so many um, Christmas like carols are like that. Oh, yeah. glory to Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they're miserable. He did a nice thing once. <laughs> in the Jesus times. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I forgot that was... It's a Jesus Day. Well, happy Jesus Day, Jim. Good show. Good show, indeed. Bye, guys. Bye.